Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Boom, boom, shake the room. Chop, chop, Zach. Welcome to Recaps with Mish and Zach. My name is Zach. I'm here with my co-host, Mish Witchrup. Mish, how's your week been? Oh, look, it's been it's been great. It's yeah. been very, very good. Um, just as per lots of MasterChef, mm-hmm. learning lots of new things. Mm-hmm. Um, same as every week. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been a, an episode of this podcast where I haven't come in um, saying that everything's fine. I'm just watching a lot of MasterChef. I um, I think I mentioned this a few podcasts ago. I made a challenge for myself to watch more film. I, instead of trash television and YouTube, I was like, I'm going to try and watch m- more films. Um, not, nothing crazy, just like when I have the choice. Yeah. You know, uh, rather than another uh, YouTube video about Disneyland. Yeah. Um, I'll watch, you know, uh, 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 12 Angry Men. Sure. Um, but now, uh, now the choice I'm making, so I've, I've now moved toward, uh, towards, yeah, I'm going to go for a, mm. a good film, something will, that will enrich me, give me great references for my comedy. I've moved from that, that's my instinct, to, mm. oh, actually, no, I really should watch <laughs> MasterChef <laughs> Australia. Season one. Season one. Um, I've started trying to watch the episodes um, while still trying to thrive in my life. Mm. So, like, I'll have the episodes playing while I'm also trying to do other things that actually enrich my soul. Um, uh, it's very, it's, but it's becoming increasingly difficult and I find myself doing a lot of rewinding and watching again. Not that you can do that on television, but let's just say you could, um, which <laughs> it means I'm actually watching far more MasterChef than I need to be because rather than just watching it once, I seem to be watching them multiple times. I, uh, I've taken to watching MasterChef on, on my exercise bike when I exercise. I don't do it that often, um, but that's a good time to watch MasterChef. But I, I genuinely think I must look like a fucking crazy person. <laughs> That is very good, though. So you can watch MasterChef Australia on your phone. The idea of someone walking past this person exercising. Just your PT coming up to you going, G'day, champ. How are you going? Oh, you ready for a leg day and just seeing Is that Poe? <laughs> no, that's your PT. <laughs> no, no, but the, the PT yeah, saying, yeah. is that Poe? <laughs> oh, it, is this that episode where Poe fucked up the wasabi mayonnaise? Admittedly, though, I'm acting like <laughs> this is... That- Poe? Is that Poe? Uh, admittedly, I'm acting like uh, that's the thing that people would walk past and think I'm crazy rather than a video about the tallest structures at Disney World. No. Which is what I would have been watching. That's fascinating, though. But that's equally mental. That's an equally mental thing to, to see someone riding on their bike and yeah. then uh, see, like, images of the Swan and Dolphin Hotel at Disney World. Yes, I get that. I tend to find myself watching a lot of really shit, like, bottom of the barrel reality television when you when exercise. i just want to space out when i exercise which i do all the time That's fine. yeah no maybe. i do though I, yeah. I i always exercise but no just generally when i'm trying to unwind i um watch bottom of the barrel shit reality television <laughs> like the kind that ever but the thing is they still run they continue they, they continue season upon season upon season of these shows and everyone's like oh my god that's trash i reckon there's so many more people 
like me out there that watch this shit, obviously, but no one wants to admit it. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it for all of us. All of us. Just owning it. Just owning it. The uh, the thing about those shows is there's their bottom of the barrel, but we're actually here to talk about the top of the barrel. Yes. We're right, here to the talk cream. The, the cream, cream on top of the milk. Or the creme something something. That creme fraiche. Creme fraiche. Yeah. At we the are top the, of the barrel. Yeah, that is... MasterChef. MasterChef, Master uh, if you don't know, uh, if you've been living under a rock over the last two or three yeah. months, uh, MasterChef is, um, the, I would say, the flagship program of Channel yeah. 10. It is, uh, it is the future of Channel 10. Channel 10, of course, um, just moved from their uh, 15 to 35 demographic yep. uh, to 18 <laughs> to 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're now trying to compete with seven and nine. I don't know why they moved away from the youth demographic. That seems odd to me. Uh, seems preemptive and odd. Well, I felt like for a while there, Channel 10 was just Judge Judy and Totally Wild. Mm. Like genuinely, that seemed, and the nanny. And the nanny. Uh, that was, that's kind of seemed to be Channel 10. And mm. I mean, without. Thank God you're here. What was Channel 10 anyway? And thank God you're here. Wow, what a show. What, what a, a show. What a show. Uh, those uh, those guys keep delivering on quality television. Absolutely. Um, and it gives Hamish Blake something to do. You know what I mean? Like he's a struggling comedian, man. He, he needs his weekly hit of thank God you're here. So it's really nice that they're giving him a platform. It is good. It is good. Hopefully those, those two get a radio program soon. Fingers crossed. Fingers I think crossed. I think that we're front runners for something like that. Like with where we're all at at the moment, I'm feeling like there's going to be a you know road trip with Zach and Mish, rather than like a road trip with Hamish and Andy. Like what, yeah, what I the understand. Fuck is that? We are we are charismatic. Mm. We're funny. Yep. Uh, we don't sometimes just lose track of what we're talking about. Yeah. And no. Bicker. Absolutely. Um. Actually, that does bring me on to something that a lot of people have been mentioning to me. Um, I've gotten a couple of DMs, whatever. Have you? Yeah. A couple um, about the nature of our relationship. I saw that on uh, Instagram yep. the other day. I thought that was <laughs> it's, what's really weird. Yeah, and, wait, I don't want to dig. Yeah, you got okay. this. Up. What I find really odd is that the person, so someone asked, I've had a couple of people, I think I would say I've probably had about four people mm-hmm. ask me whether or not you and I are in a romantic relationship. Yes, yeah. Now, for someone to come and ask me that, it would mean that, mean that they would have either had to have seen us in something together, so some form of sketch comedy, <laughs> or um, had listened to this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm. Now, I I review this every time we record the podcast. I then listen to it to make sure. I don't sure... because I'm lazy. No, but you're also very busy. But I listen to the podcast to make sure that neither of us have said anything wildly offensive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just to make sure that nothing has, needs to be cut, um, that kind of stuff. And... When listening back to the podcast, the lack of sexual tension <laughs> between you and I is is so thick <laughs> that, that I can't imagine why anyone would assume that you and I fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're beautiful Thanks, and I honey. love you. You're beautiful too, Thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Um, but no, I, it's just I find it very interesting that um, the assumption would be that you and I are in a romantic relationship. I could be so lucky. Um, <laughs> genuinely, you're fabulous. You're wonderful. But no. It's um, it's very funny as well because I, 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 I noticed that the other day on a post people were asking if I was your boyfriend 
And I don't know what to take out of this or how <laughs> to extrapolate on this thought, but no one's ever asked me if you're my girlfriend. No one ever. And I, I feel like there's some some sort of thing there about gender or something. Oh, I'm, that was, I think it's just the idea that we're in one of those weird platonic friendships. It's weird. I get it. Um, it's really odd. So, yeah, it's like someone hasn't seen the last third of When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, exactly. Like it, You can be friends. You can be. Um, it is 2009, however. So um, because it's 2009, I'm, I'm, very aware of my position within this friendship. Oh, um, stop it. Which is beneath you, but that's figuratively, not literally in a sex way. I want to make that really clear. Um, but also, like, I did have somebody ask me, oh, how do you and Zach, like, know each other? Why, where did you come up with this idea and did you meet doing comedy or whatever? Zach and I met at university. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm just covering these A questions. year from now. In a year, Zach and I will meet. <laughs> In a year, Zach and I will meet at university. Um, I will be a first year. He will be a third year. Mm-hmm. Um, we will live together, um, mm. both drink goon sack in excess mm. and eat dimmies in our underwear in the kitchen. <laughs> well, he will. <laughs> I'll just watch him do it, <laughs> which I did a lot. Um, uh, but, no, that's how we know each other. No, Zach and I are not in a romantic relationship I um, think we should um, cut all this. And I leave thought it. you were going to be like, I think we should should we? be in one. <laughs> I, think, I think we. This is how I break broach yeah, the subject. I think we should be in one. Um, I think we should uh, cut all this and just leave it ambiguous. For yeah. Someone stuff. asked me if uh, you know you're my boyfriend. Anyways, <laughs> so we're uh, not in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. Like, there's no, there's no like commitment there. I wouldn't call her my girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Zach's lovely and he's beautiful and, um, you know, we speak every day. We're just we're just really close. <laughs> we're just really close. Um, anyway, let's jump straight into the eps. Jump into the episodes. We are at episode 39. 39. 39.40.41 of MasterChef Australia. That puts us uh, past the halfway mark. That's right. But sadly, scarily, frustratingly close to the halfway mark. We are... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd feel some sort of relief. No, into the second half of week seven, but it's just more pain. Is um, I, I uh, uh, hypothetically, if there was a list of all the episodes and we were watching on a list, it's now available on a on a, on a catch up service. Um, I, I would say it would be very depressing to have to scroll through all the episodes we're about to watch pages to get to this of one. Pages of episodes that we still have to go, and I just I do feel like I'm in a perpetual state of always watching MasterChef, and if I'm not actively watching MasterChef, I'm preparing for it or coming <laughs> off that experience. <laughs> it's just it's a lot, but let's jump in. Uh, we've got a team challenge. Okay, so we've had team challenges in the past. Mm. It's every single week. It's every single Wednesday. Um, and what I love about team challenges is always a theme. Yes. There, like we've had is. seafood. Seafood was a theme. We've had uh, Chinese food. Chinese was a theme. Italian food. Italian was a theme. Um, and then this week. This week they were at the uh, – they were uh, – 
doing canapes. The idea was catering canapes for the opening of a brand new martini bar. Yep. And what was the theme, Zach? The theme, Michelle, was very contemporary. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very sexy. I would say the coolest theme you could possibly come up with. Yeah. The theme was James Bond in Casino Royale. (laughs) So specific because uh, as we know casino royale came out a couple of years ago and it is shaken not stirred (laughs) the world of film and television it was very important to be very specific about in casino royale because there are many scenes of like james bond on the beach (laughs) and if they'd gotten confused that would have been very embarrassing. I gotta say, uh, I I was I was over the James Bond series. I thought uh, James Bond was done after uh, what was that one? The Die Another Day yeah. with Madonna. I've got to die another day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That made me love James. <laughs> I've got to die another day. I only ever watched the Sean Connery ones. Oh, to really? Be oh, well, a couple of cheeky Pierce uh, Pierce, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Bonds as well, but um, Sean Connery was my favourite Bond. Have you seen Casino Royale on DVD? I haven't seen it. (laughs) Well, you should head down to your local video shop or maybe JB Hi-Fi and rent or buy the DVD. I'd say go to the JB Hi-Fi and buy the DVD for your DVD collection. Okay, well, they do have a two, uh, three for the price of two at the moment. It it is worth it. Um, Pop that in your DVD collection because it's going to appreciate in value. And um, mm. and and just chuck that in because it is it is dark, mm. it is gritty. They've done a similar thing to what they did with Batman Begins. Yep. They took this sort of high camp, uh, sexist character, yep. and they made him serious and sexist. It's oh, very good. cool. That's it's very, very cool. Very cool. Um, that's definitely something I'll do. I think I'll go and buy that DVD. I'll add it to my collection because. A hundred percent in, say, around about three years' time, Mm. I won't have 300 DVDs that don't mean anything anymore Mm. and I won't sell them to cash converters for $35. Wow. 300 I have a friend right now who works at JB Hi-Fi and he has 2,000 DVDs. Does he still buy them? Uh, Now in 2009. In 10 years' time, would he still be buying them? No, he would not. I feel like he would be regretting that decision and thinking about how much he spent on those 2,000 DVDs. But I remember talking to him. Is he one of those um, blokes that has like a wall of DVDs? I believe he did. I believe he had a very proud collection of DVDs. Still does because it's 2009. Yeah. 2,000 DVDs. Think of how much money he spent on those DVDs. I don't I don't want to think about it because, I, like I said, 300 and that was depressing enough. Imagine having 2,000 of them. He's a good guy though and he will go on to – you know when you say about an actor, they're going to be successful, yeah. they're going to do quite well. Mm. It's nice to say that. Yes. Here in 2009, knowing that's true. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they're doing quite well. <laughs> So good. Yeah. Are you going to tell me who it is later? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Love that. Um, um, okay. So the like you said, their job was to make canapes. They had to split into two teams as they do with team challenges and they each had to make 600 canapes. Four different dishes but 600 canapes. Um, it was split between Justine, who obviously won, mm-hmm. um, the – not mystery box, that other challenge that they did. Tasting the tasting soup. Tasting the soup. Tasting the concave. 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 Yeah. Concave. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there was no other person to go team captain because Lucas, who also won, has obviously been fast-tracked finals week. 
Um, and so the way Which that Which I've been sitting with a lot and I... Oh. I think we should discuss that, but give me one second. <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, just so we can get through this technical shit because there are people who genuinely are following this <laughs> uh, and aren't just here for the sexual tension. Um, so they then, oh, I got a stiffy. <laughs> Zach, it is so hard to calm my nipples when I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, the way they picked the other captain of mm. the other team was George just said, so I'm going to pick someone who's always a sous chef mm. but never head chef, mm. yeah? Um, I'm going to pick someone who seems to be sinking in the back a little bit but I think they could take the challenge. And he picked Poe, oh. who we have seen a lot of in the last couple of weeks. And mm. we have, after much assessment, put, well, I have, I can't speak for you, but I have, after much assessment, come to the conclusion that she is the only one there that can cook. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. I oh, think look, that's fair. Can I say can I say I think her Justine Meat Guy. Meat Guy. Uh, Andre Sam. Uh, <laughs> Jeannie. Jeannie. Sandra. Sandra. Those are the ones that are in top contention for winner for me out of the seven. Out of the seven, those six, I those think. Those six are the top are the top, uh, top yeah. six for but me. But Poe. But Poe in particular. Up the top. Right up the top. And that was a joke because there's a couple in there that I don't. But <laughs> uh, Poe very much is. Uh, it's front not runner. even. It's well, not even front runner. It's her game at this point. It's, yes. it's playing for second. Yeah, everyone wanted to be in her team. Although Justine. Doing very well. Um, but they then kind of pick each other's – they pick teams. Is there anything mm-hmm. you want to say about the team picking process? No. Uh, Justine picked Meat Guy. Uh, who was her team? Her, her team was Meat Guy. Meat Guy. Um, she also had – oh, God. Ju- uh, uh, Ju- Ju- Julie Goodwin. Goodwin. Uh, she's the – yep, Julie Goodwin and – Oh, my God. Who else was in Sam. that team? Sam. Sam, I remember oh, because in the next oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, and then Poe, uh, she had... Andre. Andre, she had Sandra, Sandra and Jeannie. And Jeannie. Yeah. Um, and basically, um, they they each had particular like types of ingredients that they could cook with, and then they started to cook. And things just got... Very intense, very quick. I actually really enjoyed this episode. It was a great episode. So what happened is um, Justine really looked at the amount of time available to her and to her team, uh, decided on food that was achievable in that amount of time Mm -hmm. for for 150 serves each, so 600 things, made the decision, made a few calls. I know like she chose to do like a, a sweet tart uh, with a pre-made shell, yeah, and uh, Gary was very like, "Oh, you sure you want to do a pre-made shell?" Yeah, but like, shell? what does this he expect for them to make it? Well, and <laughs> and genuinely, he's like, "This is a five-star martini bar." Uh, I've been to places <laughs> with catering. Yeah, no. they use. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, when they asked us, like, "So you're going to make a? You're going to use a pre-made shell?" There was like a three-second silence, and Justine's like. Yeah, the head chef gave them to me to use. <laughs> the guy who was like running the sh- the, the whole shebang um, gave her pre-made shells and went, just use these. So she's like, yeah, all right. And the guy's like, oh, you're going to use those. And she's like, well, the five-star Michelin chef behind me just told me to. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, Poe picked really beautiful, really complicated dishes. The second time Poe has done this in a week now which is where she's gone really fancy and mm. maybe 
maybe should have thought a little more. Yeah. Uh, so Poe went for that. Really cool, nice-looking dishes, but mm. um, fell into some time issues straight away. Absolutely. There's also something that I've noticed that is a re- recurring thing in every episode, I reckon, other than the eliminations because that's Survivor. But <laughs> uh, So other than that, every episode will feature a puree, a reduction, and a ceviche. <laughs> Yes, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, everything is pureed in 2009. I think that's a thing. They love a puree. In, this year. This in year. 2009. Yeah, it's very um. It's everything very funny. is blended to a puree and sieved. Everything goes <laughs> through a, Everything has to go through a sieve. It's very, um, it's very like uh, if, if I um, were to look back 10 years in the past, if I were to look at 1999. Which we seem to do a lot. Yeah, we talk about this 10-year gap a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like we're recording this podcast in 2019. <laughs> kind of like that. Um, but if I were to look 10 years in the past, it would be funny how some things would feel weird and outdated. Mm. Some food choices would feel odd. Yes, I yeah. feel that way. Yeah. And I also feel like everything is pureed. <laughs> like everything is pureed. Um, there's not one food that can't be turned into a paste. Mm. I just—it's just something I noticed. And if it's not a paste, or sorry, or a puree, it's a reduction. They love a reduction. They love and throwback to our old mate who made a lavender reduction in lavender episode reduction. two. Do you remember her? Yeah, she was a beauty contestant. What was her name she, again? She's like, I never won a pageant, <laughs> but I did win Miss Congeniality. I'm like, fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> what was her name again? Oh God, Lisa. Her, was it Lisa? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it wasn't Melissa. Melissa was out episode one. Yeah. She made a violet, re- a, not violet lavender, reduction. it was a violet reduction. violet reduction. And she was always picked last and she's like, but I'm okay with that. It's because you. she was. She spoke very slowly. Yeah, she she seemed like she was perpetually on oxycodone or something. <laughs> I made a violet reduction. Yeah, kind of like horny sleepy. Horny sleepy. She Yeah, we'll call yeah. her horny sleepy. So horny sleepy. Anyway, that yeah, horny sleepy. Yeah. Anyway, back to <laughs> yeah. the current contestant. Um, so yeah, they all, all the dishes had some sort of reduction puree or ceviche, which we've learned now is is raw fish cooked in lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of what happened. Um, uh, Sandra made uh, tiny pasties called empanadas. Empanadas. <laughs> and George and came George... over. <laughs> this is good. You yeah, can you, do it. No, you, you do go, a better George than No, me. no, go. You go. Um, he comes over and he's like, what's this you're cooking here? And um, Sandra's like, I'm cooking empanadas. And he's like, oh, yeah, nah, I, that they look like pretty good empanadas. Empanadas? Yeah, empanadas. So is that how you say it? She's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, um, quick side note. Yeah, please. Because we all love George, running theme. Um. Him in a tux. Oh yeah, George when he in a steps tux. Out of that car. No offense, baby, but he was beautiful. <laughs> no, I understand. This is this is probably what's happening. They're hearing the horny. Mm-hmm. They're hearing. Yeah. Um. They're hearing my stiffy. You know, rub against my pants. Yes. <laughs> they heard it and went. Well, got to cater to that. And they're hearing. You know, your bodily parts doing things. Cracking the moisties. Yeah. They're hearing that through the microphone. They're going, <laughs> and they're going, maybe it's for each other because they're boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm. They're not realizing it's because we're talking about George. Yeah, that's exactly, that's what it is. 
I'm not going to lie. As you were telling that story, I thought you meant that Gary and George could hear us getting hot for them. <laughs> and that's why they wore tuxes. I'm talking about listeners. But maybe Gary and George, maybe that's what they realised. Yeah. Just re- p- keep in mind that whenever Zach talks about his raging erection or I talk in any way at all about my my voluptuous body, mm. it's always in relation to our feelings for George. It's for George. And in no way relation to each other. Hey, I just realised we haven't seen Matt Preston like... At all. This, this Pretty much this week. Yeah, he came in like once. Ben clocked that last week as well. Yeah, not much Matt. Nah. Not maybe he that. wasn't meant. Maybe he was meant to be a bit of an Iron Chef Italian, like just popping in, and then he just became as popular. I'm going to speak for the right country now. here. I think I'd like to see more of him. Yeah, more Matt. Bring in more Matt. More Matt and his cravat. Yeah, well, I'm quite fond of them now. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. And to be honest with you, so is I'm sure every fucking magazine in the country. Yeah, I well, I've always loved the cravat. Um, since the start of the podcast, I've been raging about how great he looks. With you his definitely cravat. hated the cravat. No, at the I start. loved no. the cravat. We, oh, I love his cravat. So charming and smart and classy. Yeah. Um, I always said the moment I saw that cravat, mm. I said, Matt, keep that cravat. I'm pretty sure what you said was verbatim. Mm-hmm. As long as he fucks the cravat off, I think he'll be all right. Mm, that's not how that's, I recall. That's how I remember that's it. Not I, well, I don't recall it quite like that. I definitely do. What hasn't changed, though, is my complete and utter infatuation with George in a tux. George in a tux. So, so when they pull up, so this is basically they've started on the food mm. and then George and Gary have gone off somewhere back to their hotels mm. and then they've put on tuxes and then they pull up at the start of the party. They pull up in a car. Gary steps out. He looks cool and calm and collected. And then George steps out and he's pulled like a little face. Yeah, he was. He meant binus. He meant binus. Um, and it was just this little tiny pale spherical head yeah. on top of all this posh, and it was it was delicious. Oh man! Um, and so and basically, they come in. Yeah. And they go, oh, okay, let's have a we'll check out the dishes. And they went around and they tasted some stuff. Whatever, boring. But then they went into the main part of what was this function. Um, with what they called the glitterati. Mm, the um, glitterati of Sydney, let me tell you. Yeah, if so just you, assen- essentially the upper echelon. If the, you are a high roller in Sydney in 2009, mm. if you consider yourself the glitterati in 2009 in Sydney, Australia, yeah. then you're pretty cool. Yeah, I think that you're very cool. <laughs> um, and some might describe them as the upper echelon of society. Some might describe them as, you know, the upper class. Some might describe them as just a room full of liberals, <laughs> which is essentially what it was, just really rich men, like, uh, just a bunch of libs. Um, but they were the ones there to taste the um, canapes. And another twist in this episode was that the that the glitterati, so 150, I think mm-hmm. it was, 150, 150 libs, um, they, uh, <laughs> it's okay to laugh at that. <laughs> You're holding back. Um, uh, 150 lives. They got to decide who won by voting, going, oh, this was my favourite canopy or this is my favourite canopy. There's not much to say really other than um, – George at one point because Poe's team oh, was yeah. falling behind in time. They, they went a little too complicated and Andre didn't prepare enough fish and yep. Sandra prepared ten times too much mince. She made like the eight vats of beef. She made ten kilograms of meat when she only needed a kilo and a half, we learnt later. Yeah, she's episode. like, oh, it's very heavy. And it's like, well, yes, Sandra. Yes, Sandra. That's, like, that's 12 cows. <laughs> um, she, 
So she was doing that. And um, George, he he called out to the group and he said, in the entire history of MasterChef, I have never been more nervous. The entire history, history. of the show. Zach, how long has the show been running it's for? It's been running for a couple of months now, <laughs> half a season. Yep. In I would say entire, maybe seven weeks. In the entire history. Oh, yep. yeah, a month and a bit. In the entire history. In the entire half a season of MasterChef, I've never been more nervous. Wow. That's, that's a big statement. That's a big call. That's That means he's more nervous now than when they were using pre-made mayonnaise for Curtis. And that was big. That was that big. That shook me to my core. Curtis was a hot man on a boat. Yeah. He's more nervous than that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, also, Poe had a small meltdown. Again. Yep. Um, I think uh, Andre described it as hysterical, mm. uh, that she was hysterical. Mm. Um, basically, she was hysterical, Andre, because you made about four <laughs> canapes when you were made, meant to make 300. Um, just in her defence, like I just I kind of wanted to defend her in that because I thought she was doing a great job, except she did fuck up the maths. She was meant to count for 150 cucumber rounds and was like, here they are, and it was about f- maybe 45. There was a lot of maths issues. A lot of big maths problems. Maths problems. Uh, um, we had the return of Chop Chop. Chop Chop. Love that. It's, George it's, said Chop Chop. I don't know which one I love more, Boom Boom, Shake the Room, or Chop Chop. Chop Chop. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Up. Which sometimes sounds much more like chopper chopper, um, but both are both are brilliant. Mm. I'd love them on a tea. Mm. Uh, yeah, but just the return of that that was there. A uh, couple of other little notes I have just dot points like why is Sandra being a bitch? <laughs> Sandra just seemed to be a bit of a bitch. Um, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, I can't. You can't say that. Um, I thought that she was being a bit of a bitch, um, as in like throwing people under the bus and just criticizing everyone and not really taking responsibility for the things that she was fucking up, like her 47 vats of beef. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that happened. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, Sam said when the serve uh, the food was going out to be served, Sam, who is arguably my least favourite mm-hmm, human mm-hmm. on the planet. Well, he can't cook by any sh- account. doesn't like there food. There was two occasions in this episode. So one where uh, there was two occasions where he, there was one point where they were doing like little classes and lessons, master classes mm. with professional chefs. One where he had to fillet a fish and he was like, now l- let me say, uh, you know, filleting a fish isn't my strength. <laughs> and then he, and then he did a bad job. And then the um, chef was like, you massacred that fish. He's like, oh, I thought I did all right. And then there was another <laughs> point where he was like, now let me say, shucking an oyster isn't my strength. <laughs> he doesn't have. Eddie, and when they had the lamb a few weeks ago, he's like, let me say, <laughs> lamb, not my favourite cut. Just not my favourite cut. And then so I'm maybe pretty... stop posturing and start cooking, Sam. <laughs> 
Make it your cut. Make it your thing, you little shit. Be small. Yeah. Learn. <laughs> Open your mind. Don't just be like, this is not my thing. What is your thing, Sam? What is it? Getting married at 23? <laughs> is that your thing? <laughs> Fuck. But he did say the food started going out. He goes, let me say, I've got adrenaline pumping through my veins. <laughs> and it just infuriated me. I just, I hated it. It, I, I, that just really means, oh, yeah, oh, let me say. It's like, why are you there? And the thing is, I want to know why in 2009 I'm not bothered by him. <laughs> why, when I'm watching this for the first time in 2009, I'm not bothered by this man. Oh. But let's just say hypothetically I'm watching it in 10 years' time. Why it infuriates me I so much. I would argue that maybe binge watching a show where you know the winner, <laughs> you start to pick up on small details. It's, I hate everyone except Bo. <laughs> like, I hate them all. Like, there is not a... Justine's cool. Yeah, I like Justine. Justine and Bo. But honestly, I've gotten to a point where... My blood is running cold and I'm I hate everyone, Zach. Like Thank God for except George. Except for George. <laughs> Thank, Thank God. God for George. He really is a savior. Him so and they, Sarah Wilson. They uh went back to their um you know, that the people voted by putting um chips into martini glasses. Very James Bond. Very James Bond. By the in, way, in, the in, theme, in Casino Royale. I want Revisit. The theme was James Bond and Casino Royale, mm-hmm. and absolutely nothing about it. Nothing was James Bond except for the music that they played when George and Gary got out of the car, and that when they voted, they put things in martini glasses. The bar. It was a Otherwise, martini bar. A martini bar. Other than that, it was just a bunch of rich, rich cunts at a bar. There was nothing. Admittedly, James Bond that about is a it. lot of James Bond. <laughs> yeah. But I do love James Bond in Casino Royale. What is that? Like maybe grittier. <laughs> A bit more stubble. A bit of an aeroplane chase sequence yeah. that uh, slows down an otherwise near-perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> what is I this? Just, I, when they said that the theme was James Bond, I was like, oh, what are they going to do? Oh. Um, opened up for so much sexism as well. None of that, which was nice, but um, nothing about it was James Bondy except the martini glasses glass voting. That was it. Think about it. Anything? Yeah, no, I thought about it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. Um, so then they go back. What, what so happens? then they go back. Uh, they go back. They sit down. Uh, it's revealed that one per one team got uh, not. And and to be clear, right, Poe's team did some good th- food, except for the empanadas, which weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were shockingly behind. Like yeah. like over two hours, and they didn't have enough food. It was re- but mm-hmm. the food was really good but it was really behind, whereas the other team um, did the hardest and most complicated food they could within the time limit they had. And their ability. And their ability. So so, so sh- pre-made shells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, one team had 90-something of the vote. The other team had 50-something of the vote. Um, so it was a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie was like, God, I, I hope we win now because that would be a bit embarrassing. And then uh, so that all played out. That all happened. And then they criticised each team. They talked to them. Gary talked to Justine's team and said something along the lines of, you know, you did really well, you handled the team, but why did you do the little pre-made shells? Mm. Went at them again about that. 
Then they talked to Poe's team and they said, you're really behind. Whose fault is that? Poe said, that's my fault. They said, uh, you didn't do nearly enough fish. That's Andre's fault. Mm-hmm. He then said to Sandra, he said, uh, <laughs> how, many, how many grams of meat, how many grams of meat, Sandra, are there in an empanada? And she says, oh, I don't know. And then he says, well, how, how many do you think? And she's like, oh, and he's like, maybe a, approximately 100 grams. And she said, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, uh, how many empanadas were you making? And she said, oh, 150. And he says, so what's 100 times 150? She's like, I don't know. And he's like, it's uh, 15, 15, that's 1.5 kilos. Yeah. You did 10 kilos of meat. <laughs> and then, um, but before all of that, right, before he went at her, he said, um, and the reason why I trust him is he looked at her and he said, look, look, <laughs> yep. Sandra, I'm good at maths, especially when it comes to dollars. George Columbaris, <laughs> listen carefully, <laughs> said to Sandra, I am good at maths, especially when it comes to dollars. I am encouraging you listeners <laughs> to, f- to find a way to re-watch episode 39 of season one. Finding that I believe that it's quote, about 40 minutes in. Probably about 40 minutes in, right at the end. When they're doing the whole, like, whole reveal of who won. Find that quote, extract it somehow. I don't know how that's I don't done. Know how. I don't know how you do it, but just someone, please, because that is gold. It was just very, it was just like, well, obviously 2009 and how we feel about George. Well, it's, I'll tell you why it's gold. gold yeah. Because that is a man <laughs> of integrity <laughs> that knows his maths, <laughs> especially when it comes to dollars. Yep. Because he talked about food waste at that point. He said, that's going to waste your dollars. It's just good that he's putting it out there. And how amazing is it for all his staff to be in such capable mathematic hands? (laughs) Well, because here's the thing, right? There's a risk when you say something like that. Mm. If you're not 100%, if you don't have a great deal of integrity, when you say something like that, that's a quote that could then be used against you if you were to make maths mistakes. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because then someone could say, say if you were to make a mistake, say if I were to say to you, yes, Mish, uh, I'm really good at maths, especially when it comes to dollars. Yes, and then you say to me, Hey Zach, you owe me a hundred and eighty dollars, and I only one hundred eighty-seven point six million. Oh yeah, say say you let's say, say <laughs> let's just say hypothetically, you owe me seven point six million, and I. Or seven point eight, I believe. Oh, sorry, seven point eight million dollars. And I don't give you that seven point eight million dollars. This is just mm-hmm. a hypothetical situation. Yeah. Um, I, I probably then can't use the argument that it was a, a mathematical error. Especially if you had been saying for the last 10 years on national television. I am really good at maths, especially when it comes to dollars. Yeah. So that's a person that knows so well, they're so confident in their accounting that they're willing to go <laughs> on national television. And say how good they are at maths. Unless, of course, well, no, I I wouldn't consider this for a moment. Well, what's that, Zach? Well, maybe he's so good at maths that he knows how to underpay people. That's a fucked thing you've just said there, Zach. Well, he talked about the meat. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And losing money. Anyway, Zach, that's crazy You talk. need to check yourself. You're talking about George Columbaris here. And we love George. And like he said, he's good at maths, especially <laughs> when it comes to not fractions. Not, not, not weight of meat. Not weight of meat. Which was actually the topic at <laughs> <Yeah>. hand. <laughs> Dollars. Dollars. So, yeah. Good for you, George. Yeah, good for you, good for your staff, good for this country. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Good for Murdoch and all for the media. Everyone. It's great. Um, okay, who lost? Post team. Post team lost. And then we go straight into, or well, the next day, there's the episode of the Survivor, Survivor Tribal episode. Council. Tribal Council. Tribal Council episode. Which I've now realised um, is filmed on the same day they find out. Yeah. So they just bash out a yeah. ep and a half in exactly, a day. Exactly, because uh, Sarah Wilson came forward and she's like, you now have one hour to decide So they just go upstairs and, and decide who goes home yeah. at that moment. Um, and like they sit on a couch together and like, I'm voting you off because of this and I just feel that way. And then there's a couple of people who are a bit apprehensive about who they're going to vote off. Um, I was surprised by who was voted off because Andre is consistently a little bit shit really and he fucked up the fish. Mm. But the person who went home was Sandra. Now, Sandra, the, like Poe Poe in the honesty stakes, I do not know how Poe gets away with what she says. <laughs> 100%. And stays so likeable. Yeah. It is phenomenal. Like she has said, I think, harsher things than mm. any. Sandra and Chris, I would say, are notorious for saying the harshest things mm. in the talking heads. Yeah. Poe said, I believe, something along the lines of, I don't like, like Sandra yeah. in the house. Yeah. But she was she wasn't the worst cook or yeah, something. Yeah, she's like to be honest with you, Sandra's empanadas were pretty good. She's not my favourite person here, but her food was fine. But she said something very overtly like, "I don't like Sandra, yeah. but her food's fine." Yeah, it was just a and it's like if that had come from Chris, if that had come from Chris, I would have been like, "Oh yeah. man!" If that had come from Sandra, I would have been like, "Oh!" But from Poe, it's like, "Wow, I love her honesty. Yeah. I love her upfront. She's incredibly likable." <laughs> Um, but she then voted for Sandra. Yeah. Which meant that her vote wasn't ba- based on culinary expertise. No. But rather the fact that Poe doesn't like Sandra. Don't like Sandra. She doesn't just don't like her. Thinks she's not a good person. Um, I also was very, like, and then there was also a huge element that she was a, so just to, um, she was a mother. Well, this is the thing. This is what I thought was really funny was that Sandra was defending herself right up into the moment in which she was sent home Mm -hmm. saying, I shouldn't go home. There's no way I should go home. My empanadas were great. I'm consistent in this competition. Andre is shit and Poe was a bad leader. Both true statements, right? Um, But then when it got to Sandra having the most votes, she was like, I want to let everyone know I'm a mother. Um, I have a family back home, so I think it's my time to go. So I'm going to step back now. It's like... You're not leaving um, at your own choice. You were voted out, but it was this incredible. But like, then Jeannie, her best friend, like Jeannie was really good, voted her out because. Yeah, like, it was harsh. For, but she was like, because you miss your family and because you're a mother. I don't know. I just feel like I don't have the tools or the words to explain what I'm trying to say here because it's, it's almost 2009. Like, it's almost like neither of us are really that invested as well. <laughs> True. Yeah. But what I'm, I'm trying to say is like being 2009, mm. I, it, there's something weird about the fact that this woman mm-hmm. is going home and I don't know, I can't articulate it. It's almost weird. I think what you're trying to suggest here potentially mm-hmm. is that it's weird that this woman 
is going home, who's in this competition with a whole bunch of other men and women. A lot of dads. There's dads, dads in the competition. I would say, I would say arguably some dads. Yeah. Um, but she's going home because she's a mum. Yeah. And she um, needs... Got, got to be with her kids. Yeah, she's got to be with her kids because she's a mum. Uh, I don't even know who the dads are. Funny. It's just interesting. Yeah, who is it? Like, we haven't been told if anyone's a dad, but I'd... Statistically... It's probably a dad Based there. on age, there's probably a dad in there. But no one's gone home. Not by choice dad. like Sandra did. No um, one's, no one's certainly, gone, certainly it's no time one's... for me to go home because I'm a dad. And certainly no one's saying, I'm voting you out even though I think that you deserve to be here. I'm voting you out of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because you're a dad. And that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Anyway. <laughs> um, and so... Sandra's gone home. Bye bye, Sandra. Bye bye, Sandra. And I'd like to say right now for edit because we don't want to edit this because editing's pain in the ass. I'm sorry for calling Sandra a bitch. Are you? I take it back. Are you? Yeah. It feels like maybe that was a bit nasty. It was a little nasty. Yeah. But you're allowed to say it because you're a woman. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but I would also like to take it back. So that way now we don't have to re-listen. When I re-listen, I hear myself say Sandra's a bitch. I'm like, oh, wow, Mish, like there's no need to be so rude. So harsh, yeah. Yeah. At least now, half an hour later, You've I've extracted my statement. <laughs> I'm sorry I said Sandra is a bitch. <laughs> um, but I'm glad she's home with her kids. I got very emotional. Sandra's husband looked like he really, really loved her. Yeah. I was, it was really moving. I'd love to know a love like that. <laughs> like, no, I had oh, that moment. Mish. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Zach, we'll talk about that after the pod. Um, um, then... No, I did. I, every time I see a moment like that between a couple, I'm always like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasn't that good oh. for them? Oh. oh. <clears throat> anyway, uh, then we had a masterclass. Which is arguably, for comedy purposes, our favourite episode of the week. But in reality, the most boring <laughs> 40 minutes of my life. It, 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 I remember at the start of this process when, when we started seeing masterclasses mm. um, because we couldn't have had this conversation until we'd seen a couple. Mm -hmm. You said to me, do we need to watch the masterclasses? Mm -hmm. Do we need to include them in this? And I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> you, that's, that's, thank you for admitting that. I did. I said, do you think it's... Necessary, and he went, "Oh yeah." I think it's vitally important, mm. and I can't think of a, a podcast where we've dedicated more than two minutes to the masterclass. Yes, yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> Although I have to say, uh, when you've got a show like this, uh, which is six episodes a week, mm -hmm. um, and five of the episodes are very, very dramatic. Um, you hire the composer that can do dramatic, tense music. Mm -hmm. You hire the voiceover guy that can do the most dramatic, intense things. You hire the cinematographer that can, within the confines of reality television, have the most cinematic, dramatic shots possible. Mm -hmm. So um, when you put all of those things, and we've talked a little bit about it with the voiceover guy, when you put all of those components onto what is essentially uh, – uh, ready, steady, cook, or mm. getting hot in the kitchen. Not even ready, steady, cook. There's no competitive element. What is essentially just like Huey, yeah. you know, Huey's kitchen. It it can create some really great moments of tension. Um, I particularly love uh, as they were entering, they were talking about, you know, Sam's like, I love Masterclass because it's an opportunity to see Gary and George cook well. And then, um, <laughs> and then they come into the warehouse and there's a shot 
which is this is genuinely this is about this is just we're about to watch George cook Bellinis for twenty minutes and pronounce them Bellinis. Yeah. <laughs> and Poe, do you know what a Bellini is? <laughs> well, no, I know what a Bellini is, George. <laughs> and then uh, so before they come into the warehouse. All, all they're going to do is cook. They turn around and they do the vertigo jaws. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's when you track and zoom at the, the same, same time. time. The camera, yeah. So the background uh, swooshes away and, and George and Gary come towards the camera at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is an overused trope in cinema, mm-hmm. but also it is, it is used to represent the most tense, the most dramatic mm-hmm. You see it a lot in Clint Eastwood films. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's very uh, famously in the uh, scene when the ring wraiths are coming towards the hobbits in yep. Lord of the Rings. They're, they're there in uh, just out of Hobbiton and then you see that the, the idea that the ring wraiths are coming very quickly. Uh, you, there's the very famous moment in Jaws when... Uh, when uh, the character is standing there on the beach and 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 this sense of mm. there's a shark coming to kill people. And now the equally famous scene in episode 41 of MasterChef when it's George and Gary and it's like, whoa, all of a sudden they're there and they are making blinis. <laughs> uh, so that happened. Uh, there was some music. There was also some more like coming up next. <laughs> Gary boils some baby vegetables. That's so funny. Up next, George uh, puts his finishing touches on blinis. Up next, coffee eclairs. It was just. It was so good. Um, so those are the layers yeah. that make it worth it. Uh, and you also learn some things. Yeah, uh, you like know, I cold learned... smoking is a great skill. And the difference between hot smoking and cold smoking, this might come as a shock to a lot of our <laughs> listeners. Hot smoking yep. is when you use heat. Mm-hmm. Cold smoking yep. is when you don't use heat. Yeah. That, they dedicated maybe 90 seconds of television to that as well. Um, it was fucked. Um, but no, look, still good. Still loving MasterChef. Can't wait till next week. Week eight next week. Week eight next week. That's fun. Uh, hopefully Matt makes an appearance. I'd like to see him. I miss him. I miss Matt. Uh, also, I really want Matt in the masterclass. Just joking. What would he do? Make carbonara? <laughs> the, <laughs> the contestants are better cooks than him. Yeah, exactly. That would He's, be stupid. He has said multiple times, I am not a chef. <laughs> Why would I you? eat the food. I don't cook it. Why would you put him on masterclass? Anyway, that was just a little joke. <laughs> Fun little, a little bit. silly, silly little joke. Um, cool. That's it. Holy shit! What time? How long did this uh, go for? Bam! Uh, slam dunk. Home run. Forty nine minutes. Uh, hey, what a tight little episode. That's great. I'm really happy for us. We even have time to talk about our feelings. Um, How are you feeling today? Uh, I feel good. Yeah? I feel nice. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday. Normally, we do this before or after work. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's been a couple of ones where I've been a bit like, but this I feel energized. (laughs) I actually, there is a particular, there is a particular episode um, that we recorded, I don't know, at some point uh, where you were feeling particularly bleh because it was post work and you just had a big week. And you said to me, Mish, I'm feeling a bit bleh this week. I'm like, that's okay. Not a problem. And when you listen back to it, you do sound bleh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but only I would notice it. No one else has. Well, now that we've said it, people can go, in which in which episode was Zach depressed? 
was it week five, part two? Can, like, I, I would... I would ask you if you're okay and ask if you want to talk about that. Right now. <laughs> I would No, I would ask you if you were okay and wanted to talk about your feelings, but it's 2009 and that would be weird. Because I'm a boy. Because you're a boy. I'm a boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm okay to cry. I could yeah. cry right now. Um, Please don't start crying right now, Zach. I just wouldn't know what to do. Uh, no, well, I don't need to cry. I'll tell you, all I need is a... Is a uh, 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 flavored milk, other than strawberry, because that's pink. Yep, and uh, an issue of Zoo magazine, and a brick wall to shove your fist into. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I guess I'll see you next week. No, uh, no, next fortnight. fortnight. We're doing fortnight fortnights. Now. I keep saying weekly. I'm so sorry. You're a fucking idiot. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, just so you know, me and Mish are really good friends. I don't think she's a fucking idiot and you shouldn't talk to people like that. And if you do have emotions and feelings and you are male, um, it's totally okay to talk about it's them. Okay to talk about occasionally we're making some of these jokes um, about how it's 2009 and all these things that are super, super repressed. Um, I actually feel awful making them and go home feeling really sad about the fact that um, I'm making those jokes. So just know that. Uh, they are jokes, and it's 2009, and so, that's why. Guys, we know that it's actually 2019. Yeah. Yeah, We're I'm, aware of that. It's <laughs> not that we're saying anything that comes off as a bit, you know, sexist or, um, or uh, you know, that, that men should suppress their feelings, that yeah. sort of thing. We want you to know that the reason we're doing that is because through this process, uh, we've actually realised how far we've come as a society in the last 10 years, and we're trying to express that through the convention that we set up. Yeah. Which is that we're in 2009. Just know as well that there was no way in hell that Zach and I could have prepared for the amount of blatant sexism that has come through in season one of MasterChef. We were not prepared for it. We weren't aware. And now that it's there, we don't know what to do. It's, um, it's really confronting. It's incredibly me. confronting. Uh, We've had so many conversations about how intense it is. Um, we've, and the only way we can tackle it is through the medium of uh, jokes. And um, just know that if you want to talk to us about it, it's perfectly fine. We are we are aware. I want you to know that we are completely aware. We're self-aware. We're aware of this situation. Um, and we're I, so sorry. I can't express how much I wish we had decided to do this as a, it is 2009. We're just recapping the episodes from now. I think we would have been able to have much more intelligent, yeah, I think uh, in-depth conversation. If Zach and I had chosen to set this in 2019, in present day, which it is currently, um, our lives would have been made a lot easier and we wouldn't be putting ourselves in a position where we are potentially offending many people. Um, but just know that we love you all and we're so sorry. <laughs> I, I've just got to really make it clear here. Um, the show was not that sexist. It's not a sexist show. No, no, um, let's, cl- let's clear that I up. I just want to make it very clear. Season one of MasterChef Australia mm-hmm. is not a sexist show. Uh, what it's doing is highlighting how far we've come as a society. It's really confronting, I have to say, as a male. It's bringing back a lot of memories of, of my ideas, my thought processes, the trained um, processes and ideas that I had at 19 years old. It's making me question a lot about who <laughs> I am as a man, uh, how I've been responsible for the patriarchy. Um, it's very confronting and obviously uh, that is a difficult conversation to have with yourself but it is one we need to have to move even further forward because we're not there yet, guys. And if you are um, in a position where you're finding it some, a difficult conversation to have, I want you to feel like you can have it with your friends um, and if you don't feel like you can have it with your friends or your family, Zach and I are here for you. We understand. I don't want you to feel that because we're making jokes about it that we are not on your side. We are on your side. 
this is something I think that it is, it is worth going to therapy about. <laughs> if you're having these sort of sexist thoughts, if you're, uh, you know, if you're having these difficult <laughs> thoughts, if you're struggling with this, it is worth going to therapy about because we can actually, uh, it's only it's only through internal work that we can make external change. But it is 2009, so um, obviously we're going to go back to the parody now, but this is killing it. Yeah. This is really and killing for it. those of you out there that... Really, really into ASMR. You're welcome. Uh, I feel like many of you have probably gotten so many tingles, so many chills. Um, if you don't know what ASMR is, look it up. It is a thing. I experience it myself and I'm not ashamed. Mish, what have you got there? Have you got some food there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach, Zach, I've got a muffin in my bag. Uh, Mish, I'd love to. <laughs> Wait, let me, Mish, let me Mish, get the muffin. Let me just take off the muffler on this and get really close. Should I do the same? Yeah, but just don't touch the microphone when you do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking the muffler off the mic. Um, it's a bit stuck. Mish. Yeah. Mish. Oh my God, I got it off. Mish. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to just hear the bag crinkling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna get get the muffin out of the bag, okay. and then I want you to have some of my muffin. Yeah, I'd love some. And by muffin, I mean the actual food in my bag, and then not really talking about my vagina. Mish. Yeah. Mish. How, how quiet can you go? I can go pretty quiet. Hey, all right, let's have some. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's increasingly difficult because this is incredibly funny. <laughs> I'm going to hand you the bag with the muffin. Thank you. Um, if you're interested in knowing the muffin is vegan blueberry. I've just got a little bit of muffin. <laughs> <laughs> How is it? Yeah, it's good. Um, I also have some coffee here. <laughs> I'm going to take a sip. Let me just take another bite of this. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Recaps with Missions. Thank you. Um, and it's probably important to also note that, well, let's bring it back. We're back in 2009. The ASMR is ending. We'll bring it back up again. I'm and back up to 2009. And now we're in 2009. <laughs> 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 what, a, what a lot of fun. I oh. love Zoo Magazine. <laughs> oh, Norks. <laughs> Look at my breasts. How good are Norks? <laughs> You've been listening to Mission Zach recaps. We think <laughs> Kyle Sandilands is a top bloke. See you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.